Well, amen. Did you enjoy that tonight? Man, I think we got something started tonight. Wow, ladies, that was absolutely fantastic. I'm seriously. I mean, man, y'all sounded great tonight and a lot of volume. Of course, that part we're not surprised about. But anyway, uh, you know what's really, you know what's really amazing? Brother Allen sent me a text that preached, I don't even have the PA on tonight. And no, I'm, I'm just, I'm picking. I'm just picking. And uh, I'm not going to preach long tonight because we've had so much other fine female preachers tonight. So I'm just going to preach short tonight. And uh, well, I night. Amen. So we just got word just now that Miss Tina's mother went to heaven. And so just remember their family tonight in your prayers if you would. And if you, uh, some of you ladies, if you have Miss Tina's uh, number after the service, maybe you can reach out and text her and we'll let you know about the arrangements and all those things. I want you to take your Bibles tonight if you will. We have taken some time for other things. And so I'm not going to be very lengthy tonight, but I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 101. And I want to give you the word tonight, and, and I mean that. And uh, God was just so gracious this week to speak, and uh, the, Bible was so, just, the Bible was so rich this week. And I, I'll be honest with you, I had, some other, I had some other messages that I was actually thinking about bringing today. But this is sort of the direction that, uh, that I believe God has led. And so Psalm 101 in your Bibles, and when you find your place tonight, if you would be so kind as to stand, if you're able, if you're able to stand. Psalm 101, and we're going to start in verse number 1. We're going to read through, the, read through the whole chapter. It's only eight short verses, and it won't take us but just a moment to read through it here. Psalm 101, and keep your Bibles open and handy because we're going to use our Bibles a little bit tonight. And I want you to get something. I want you to get something from the Word tonight. Not just preaching, although I love preaching, but I want you to really learn something from the Bible tonight. So Psalm 101, in verse number 1, uh, the Bible says, I will sing of mercy and judgment, unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. <clears throat> I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately or privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. <clears throat> you may be seated tonight. And just for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about that subject, the walk within my house. The walk within my house I'll give you just a few thoughts, a few points tonight, and we will be on our way. And so let's go one last time and ask the Lord to help us, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll teach just for a few minutes. Father, thank you for the privilege to be in the Lord's house tonight. And God, thank you for the sweet, sweet spirit that's in here this evening, and uh, just the spirit of worship, spirit of praise, and we praise you for that. God, we lift up our church family to you tonight, especially uh, Sister Tina 
and uh, Lord David and Anthony and Angela, Wayne, and that family. God, we pray that you'd be that ever-present help in their time of need right now. And God, we're so thankful for heaven. Linda was ready. She was ready to make that transition. Uh, death did not, it didn't, she didn't fear death. And Lord, she was ready. Every time I'd go by, she was confident about her, her relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, she's in, in thy presence tonight. And we're just so thankful for heaven tonight. And God, we thank you for the great music, the wonderful fellowship, the great singing. And now, Father, I pray that you'll help us as we take just a few last minutes and just sort of gathers a church family around the Word of God. I pray that you'll help it to come alive. I pray you help to make sense. And I pray that, Lord, it will literally change our life tonight. Save that one that's near as hell. Save those that were here this morning that, that left lost. I pray you'll save them. And, Lord, I pray that you'll give us power and help tonight. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray and for his sake, amen. I want to draw your attention, if I could, to the first two verses of Psalm 101. And the psalmist said, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. And then the psalmist said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Before I get to that part of the verse, I want to pay attention to the first part. In verse number two, he said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I love that. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. That word, that phrase, perfect way, means a way of good success. It, it means a way of prosperity. It means I will behave myself wittingly. Love this. In other words, the psalmist said, I'm gonna do those things that are proven to bring success. I wonder, as I read this this week and God began to speak to my heart, I, I began to think about different people and I, I wonder why some are, are so bent on being involved in things that are proven not to bring great success. You ever wonder about that? I wonder why people are, are so determined to do drugs when we know the outcome is not successful. The outcome, uh, outcome of drug use and drug addiction is not prosperity. It's not success. You're not using your wits when you snort a powder up your nose. You're not using your wits when you, uh, when you smoke weed. You know what weed is? Weed, a weed is a result of the curse There were no such thing as weeds before sin came. And so now we have people and politicians that are saying, let's just legalize it. I mean, we're already killing millions with drunk driving, and so let's just add to that, and let's just make everybody high on marijuana, and, and everything's good. And I, again, my, my, I'm not going to get off on this tangent tonight, but... Uh, I just, I wonder sometimes, and, and I, I just want to, I just want to say to our young people tonight, young people, that doing drugs does not bring success. Doing drugs does not bring prosperity. And if you don't believe it, if you don't want to take my word for it, just pay attention. It's amazing that usually those people that are, 
bent on doing drugs are the ones that always pull in the parking lot with the fenders falling off. The tires are always bare. They never have enough money to, to do anything. And, and, and those who, who drive something halfway decent are lucky and fortunate. And, and, uh, and I would say, you know what, you're, you're right about that. And, and every day when I get up to go work, I get luckier and luckier all the time. Doing drugs is not behaving yourself wisely. The drinking of alcohol is not behaving yourself wisely in a perfect way. Living a promiscuous lifestyle is not behaving yourself in a perfect way. I'm talking about the sexual immorality that's so prevalent in our nation. It's a pastor. Shh. Don't say anything about that from the pulpit. Well, we better start saying something about it from the pulpit. Because it's being talked about everywhere else the kids go. It's being talked about in math class and science class and health class and, and in the, the uh, PE and in the locker room and on the sports field. And, and, uh, and you know what? Somebody somewhere ought to stand up and tell our kids that it's still right to do right and it's still right to be moral. Amen. It's still right to get married. Amen. And it's still right to keep yourself pure and holy until you are married. Amen. I'm not backing up on that. I'm not apologizing for that. It is, it is not behaving yourself with a perfect heart when you're involved in that promiscuous lifestyle. I, again, I want to say to our youth tonight that if, if nothing else, it is super dangerous. If you are promiscuous, especially in this day and time, it is the same as playing Russian roulette. I don't expect you to... to take my word for it. But I've been, I've been doing this thing not as long as some, but I've been preaching for a long time now and pastoring for over 28 years. And I wish, I wish that you could just come in my office and be a fly on the wall. As I deal with couples who went outside the bounds of marriage, unfaithful, adultery, fornication, and when they came back, they came back not only with guilt, but they came back with some kind of a sexual disease. And I've had, that, I've had to try to handle those kind of things in the counseling office. Again, I'm, I'm just saying this, that when you live that lifestyle, that lifestyle of gambling, that lifestyle of drinking and driving, you're not behaving yourself in a perfect way. You're not... You're not behaving yourself in a way that brings good success and, and prosperity. But the psalmist decided not only to behave himself wisely in public, but I love this and this is the message. He also made a declaration to behave himself wisely in private. Look, if you will, at Psalm 101 and verse number two. He said, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way in a, a, a prosperous way, a, a successful way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? And then he said this. He said, I'm going to take it one step further. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Perfect heart. It's the idea of moral innocence. It's the idea of integrity. In other words, the psalmist said, you know what? When I go to church, I'm going to behave myself wisely. But he said, when I go home and the preacher's not around. Right. 
Then I go home and the deacons are not around. And I go home and the youth pastor's not around. You know what he said? I'm going to behave myself wisely and walk wisely within my house. Now, in order to do this, there's several things we notice about the psalmist here in Psalm 101. If you're gonna behave yourself wisely in your home and walk within your house with wisdom, there are some things and there are some decisions that you and I are gonna have to make that we do not allow some things in our home. I'm gonna give you four. There's more, I believe, than that, but I wanna give you four things that the psalmist mentioned tonight. Let me get my little controller here. How about this? Number one, I think the psalmist was saying this, I will not allow a normal temptation in my home. I'll show it to you in just a moment. Someone said temptation is but giving yourself the opportunity to sin. In other words, if any of us give ourselves too many opportunities to stumble, you know what's gonna happen? We're gonna stumble. It doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your title is. Doesn't matter if you're a pastor, deacon, Sunday school teacher, choir member, uh, hospitality team, bus worker, nursing home worker, uh, 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 the sound video guy, doesn't, doesn't matter. Uh, older person, younger person, teenager. If you put yourself in the wrong situation too many times, over and over and over, that's not wise. Because if you put yourself in that, in that questioning situation too many times and give yourself ample opportunity to sin, more than likely you're going to sin. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter, 12, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse number 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. But notice what the psalmist said in verse number three. Psalm 101 and verse number three. He said, I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna walk within my house in a perfect way. So he said in verse number three, he said, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Wicked thing, wicked thing. What's that mean, preacher? It, it, it means act. It means advice. It means affair. It means a book. It means a business. In other words, the psalmist was saying this, I'm not going to set a wicked act before mine eyes. I'm not going to set wicked advice before my eyes. I'm not going to set a wicked affair before my eyes. I'm not going to set a wicked book before mine eyes. I'm not going to set a wicked business before mine eyes. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. It's amazing. And I'm preaching to myself tonight. It's amazing what we would never allow through the door of our house. But we will let in through the medium of television and music and a computer screen. What do you mean, preacher? Well, I mean, just think about it. If tonight after church you go home and you get in your pajamas on and you sit down in your easy chair and pour yourself an ice cold Diet Coke and uh, you get your favorite late night, Sunday night snack out and man, you're just getting in your easy chair and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door. You go to the front door and, and you open the door and you say, can I help you? And he said, uh, yeah, Mac. He said, uh, I got a six pack out here and he said, me and my friend, we'd love to come in and we'd like to drink in your house. 
you'd be appalled. You'd say, you know what, buddy? You got about 10 seconds to get off my property. You must be crazy. If you think for a second I'm going to let you come in my house and drink your Bud Dumber in my house or drink your Jack Daniels in my house or your Jim Beam in my house, I mean, uh, you, you must be crazy. You're not coming in here. If somebody knocked on our door and we opened the door and they said, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. He said, man, we got several joints out here. And he said, we'd like to come in and we'd like to smoke a little weed in your house. You'd say, is this a joke? Are you kidding me? But you, you better get off of my property. If somebody came to our, I, again, I just, just think with me tonight. Somebody came to our door and they knocked on our front door and we went to the door and, uh, and a man and a woman are, are at our front door and, and we said, uh, can I help you? And they said, hey, buddy, would it be okay if we came in your house and used your bedroom for a little while? I'd like to bring my girlfriend. We're not married or anything. We hardly even know each other. In fact, I don't even know her last name. But it doesn't matter because that's the ways of the world. You know, you don't have to worry about being pure or moral. And so, uh, sir, if it's okay with you, we'd like to come in and use your bedroom uh, for a little while. You know what you would do? You would slam the door off the hinges because you slammed it so hard. And you say, you get off of here and get out of my property. And yet, and yet, we'll let that stuff come by way of ABC and NBC and CBS and Fox and HBO and Send to the Max. And, and we'll let that stuff flood into our homes. And, uh, and this is what I'm saying. Oh, that God would give us some holy people at Calvary Baptist Church and a holy preacher at Calvary Baptist Church that would say, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. So we notice here the psalmist said, number one, I'm not gonna let a normal temptation in. But, but let's go to this second thing. I told you I'd be quick. Number two, we notice the psalmist says, I'm not going to allow a negative outlook in my home. Look what he says in Psalm 101, verse number four. The psalmist said, a forward heart shall depart from me. And Calvary, I hope you'll really hear me out now. A forward heart shall depart from me. And then he said, I will not know a wicked person. In other words, that wicked person, this wicked person he's talking about, it's not coming in my home. The word wicked there is the idea of miserable. Look it up. It means misery. It means, it means sorrowful, but, but with a little bit of a twist. Sorrowful, but it is sorrow that is chosen. In other words, the person, this wicked person that he's talking about in verse number four is someone that is sorrowful by choice. Maybe we would use the word, this, this word better, disagreeable. It means malignant. It means vicious in disposition. This is the person who is always criticizing something or somebody. Never happy. Always complaining. It's never good enough. The choir is never good enough. The preaching is never good enough. 
The Sunday school lesson is never good enough. I mean, it's just, you know, always complaining, always finding something to, uh, to complain about, always concentrating on the negative. And I, I just want to say tonight, Calvary, that, that you know what you understand, and I need to understand that the spirit-filled child of God is not supposed to have this kind of an attitude. Now, I want you to hold your finger or put your ribbon or your bookmark there at Psalm 101. We're coming back, but I want you to, Turn to several places with me tonight. First of all, I want you to turn over to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. And I want to show you the attitude of the spirit-filled child of God. Philippians chapter four and verse number six. We'll do this quickly. Philippians four and verse number six. The apostle Paul is writing to the church of Philippi and, and he says in verse number six, be careful for nothing. That word careful means anxious. Don't be filled with anxiety. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now look what he says. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So I ask you a question tonight. The things that you think about, the things that you talk about, are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they honest? Are they holy? Uh, you know, according to the word of God, that's the kind of attitude that the child of God ought to have. Now, you're Philippians. I want you to turn back just a few pages to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter five. And I want you to find your place in verse number 19. And I, and I just, I want to help our church tonight. And, 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 and we have to be very, very careful because all kind of folks are going to be coming in and folks are going to be coming into your families and and, and we have to be very, very cautious and, 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 and be very careful. Galatians chapter five. And when you find your place in Galatians chapter five, look if you, if you will at verse number 19. And the spirit of God says this, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. Well, I don't think I have to say any time right there. We know what adultery is. Adultery, fornication. Both those sins are sins of impurity, sexual immorality. And then he says uncleanness. That word uncleanness means impure motives. Then he uses a word called lasciviousness. The word lasciviousness means unbridled lust. Unbridled. Just whatever happens, happens. That's Again, that's that mentality we live in today. I mean, just people just... I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but people are being immoral on their first date. Well, you ought not be immoral on your 2,500 date. But we're losing our purity on our very first date. Unbridled lust, lasciviousness is a work of the flesh. Then he says idolatry, witchcraft, hatred. Then he uses the word variance, variance. The word variance there means contention. It means maintained in argument. Have you ever met somebody that just loves to argue? I met a few of those. They just live to debate. 
I mean, I just want to argue with everybody. I'm just mad at the whole world. I mean, just want to argue with the preacher, argue with the deacons, argue with the Sunday school teacher, argue with the wife, argue with the husband, argue with the, uh, argue. I mean, just want to argue with everybody. That's what that word variance means. Maintained in argument. Then it says emulations. Emulations. What is an emulation? Emulation means jealousy. How about this next one? These are works of the flesh. Wrath. The word wrath there means up and down anger. You know what we would call that today? Moodiness. You ever met somebody like that? Just moody. Man, you never know where they're going to be. I mean, one day they walk in, they're like, hey. The next day they walk in, they're like, I'm just chop your head off. I mean, just, just up and down and up and down. And I mean, on that continuous roller coaster ride, moodiness. And then he says, a work of the flesh is strife. Well, that's interesting. That word strife there means a desire to put oneself forward. In other words, I don't want Brother Ricky to be in the front. I want to be in the front. I don't want our deacon to be in the front. I want to be in the front of our deacon. I want to be in the front. I want to be at the top. I want to be ahead of everybody. Strife, wrath. And then he says, a work of the flesh is seditious. Now stay with me, church. We're teaching this on purpose tonight. This is good for us to learn tonight. Seditions. It's, it's, it's the Greek word diastasia. And it just means divisions. Divisions. Somebody comes to the church and immediately tries to start causing divisions. I want to tell you something right off the bat. That is not of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, where do you get off saying that? I didn't say it. He said it. Divisions. It is a direct work of the flesh. Somebody that comes in and tries to start parting people in the church. Somebody that comes in and tries to start pitting people against certain people. What did you know? Brother Brother David said this and, and Brother Allen said this and Brother Ricky said this, and he said this about you, and so-and-so said this about you. Let me tell you what that is. That is Satan at work. So don't come and don't, don't, don't walk in Calvary Baptist Church and try to start causing division and act like you're all, all holy, holy, holy. You ain't holy if you're causing divisions. It's preaching time, good neighbor. Sedition is a work of the flesh. Then he says heresies. The word heresy there means dissensions arising from, now now, now get this church, this is good for us. It means dissensions arising from diversity of opinions and aims. Dissensions arising from diversity of opinions and aims. By the way, I didn't make this stuff up. And so, in other words, in other words, how many know this? That everybody here tonight's got an opinion. We all do. And we've all got different opinions. Some of you folk, your opinion is the best car in the world's a Ford. You, I mean, you, you believe that. I don't know why you believe, but you believe it. No, I'm just picking. 
I've been thinking about getting a Ford. I'm not picking. I'm, man, I mean, I listen. And as and, and long as it gets me from point A to point B, I don't care what it is. But it's a, really, it's an opinion. Somebody says, man, I love Chevy. I love, uh, you know, they don't make Pontiac. I start to say Pontiac. They don't make Pontiacs anymore, do they? And, uh, you know, I love Buick. Or whatever the case may be, you may be a Dodge Ram pe- uh, person. And by the way, that's okay. You're here tonight, and you say, man, I just, I'm like Brother Ronnie back here. I love the, LA, the, the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm a Dodgers fan. Dodgers, Dodgers, Dodgers. Somebody else comes over and says, man, I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I love the New York Yankees and, and Yankees all the way. And, and uh, you know, wait a minute now. You know what? You know what that is? That's a preference. It's an opinion. And, and what the Bible is teaching us here is this, that we ought never let opinions cause dissension in the church. You say, well, I, you know what? I don't like a purple shirt. And I want to say, who cares? That's a preference. And by the way, if you don't like a purple shirt, <laughs> Brother Mike came in. If you don't like a, sorry, Brother Mike. Brother Randy, Brother Randy's back here with y'all singing in a singing group tonight, all right? You know what that is? That's an opinion. Some guys like long sleeves, some guys like short sleeve. Some guys like polka dot ties and others like striped ties. It's an opinion. It's an opinion. And you ought never allow an opinion to bring dissension in the church. So you say, well, uh, preacher, uh, David believes this and I believe this. You know what you ought to do? You ought to go to Brother David and say, you know what, brother, in Jesus Christ, I love you. You're my brother. And you know what? We don't necessarily agree on this, but I'll tell you what we can do. We can just agree, agree to disagree. And I'm still going to love you immensely. And I hope you'll love me immensely. And by the way, that's the way God meant it to be in the local New Testament church. Amen. Heresies. And then he says envings. Envings. The word envings there means ill will or spite. Murders, drunkenness, revelings. That word revelings is the, is the idea of rioting. Rioting. Don't even try to stand out on the road and act like you're even halfway spiritual. And I hope you're watching tonight. When you're out there, all you're trying to do is try to stir up a ruckus and provoke somebody to anger and then act like you're all high and mighty. That is an absolute, according to the word of God, it is a work of the flesh. Amen. Don't y'all feel better now? The Bible says, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now watch closely, Calvary. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, what is it? What's the first thing? Love. The fruit of the Spirit, what's the second thing? Joy. Joy. Wow. <laughs> Peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, temperance, self-control, meekness. I'm probably not always right. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. 
If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, we're, we're, we're about done, so don't get worried tonight. But the psalmist said this, you know what? I'm going to walk within my house with a perfect heart. But he said, there's some things I'm not going to allow in. Number one, I'm not going to allow a normal temptation. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. And then he said, I will not allow a negative outlook in my home. And then how about this next thing quickly? Number three, he said, I will not allow a naughty neighbor in. A naughty neighbor. Look at verse five. Turn back to Psalm 101 and look at verse number five. This is healthy preaching for us tonight. Psalm 101, verse number five. I love this. Look what the word of God tells us. The psalmist said, Psalm 101, verse five, he said, these are the folks I'm not gonna let in. He said, whoso, whoso privately or privily, however you wanna say that, uh, whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I, what's he gonna do to him? Him will I cut off. Didn't say him will I go to Golden Corral with. Or him will I go to Starbucks and drink coffee with. Whoso privily slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. That word privily, the word privily there, uh, it means covering, it means secrecy, it means hiding place. Whoso privily slandereth, the word slandereth means to wag with the tongue. (laughs) Don't you love the Bible? To wag with the tongue. I know some folks that are good waggers. Waggers. Wag with the tongue. Now you say, preacher, what's that talking about? Let me tell you what that's talking about. The person who, the person who says, hey, Donnie, come here. Come here, come here. Listen, I'm not gossiping. I just want you to know I'm not gossiping about this person. But I just, I just, I didn't, I didn't know if you knew this or not. Mm, I didn't know. Yeah, it. yeah. And so, I, I figured you didn't. And so, you know, of course, I just want you to pray about it. I just want you to pray about it. But I, I just can't believe. I can't believe this person done this, and I, and and they did this, and they did that. Wait a minute now. Who so privily slandereth his neighbor? Thank you, buddy. Thank you. It's the idea of somebody who takes somebody to the side, to a corner, to a closet, out of the way of everybody else. Now, you know what? Somebody said this. If you can't find something good to say, don't say anything at all. And so we're taking somebody out to the car. We're taking somebody, let's go back here in the Sunday school class. And all because you're wanting to start tearing somebody down. And the psalmist said, you know what? And he said, I will not allow that kind of person in my home. First Timothy 5.13 says it like this. And with all, they learn to be idle, wandering about from house to house. And not only idle, but tattlers also and busy bodies speaking things which they ought not. You know, Lord's church, Man, let's just be so careful how we use this thing. And our brothers and sisters are not perfect. 
You say, boy, I'm telling you what, I, you know what? I've learned about our preacher. Our preacher is not perfect. Well, that's a news flash. You could have saved yourself a whole lot of trouble and time. If you'd just come to me, I'd have told you. I'd have told you that. Man, I'm far from, from perfect. And if you're waiting on a mistake, hang around. It's going to happen, man. I'm going I'm to make some mistakes. I'm going to say some things I shouldn't say. I'm going to do some things I shouldn't do. And the reason is because I hang around the deacons. No, the reason, the reason is because the reason is because I'm made out of the same stuff you're made out of. And so we're going to make some mistakes and we're going to do some things and we're going to make some blunders. But you know what? When we see our brothers and sisters do that, rather than get over here in the corner somewhere and tear them to smithereens, you know what we ought to do? Man, why don't we just go in our prayer closet and just lift them up to the Lord and say, God, would you bless so-and-so and would you encourage them and would you strengthen them in the Lord? And Lord, would you get them back in your will again? The psalmist said, I will not allow a normal temptation and I will not allow a negative outlook and I will not allow a naughty neighbor and I'm done tonight. How about this last thing? He said this, I will not allow a negligent attitude in. Negligent attitude. What are you talking about? Look at verse seven. The psalmist said, he that worketh deceit, notice that word, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. Interesting, I looked that word deceit up. When we think about deceit, a lot of times we think about underhandedness, we think about dishonesty. But here at least in Psalm 101 verse number seven, that's not necessarily what this word is talking about. When he said he that worketh deceit, the word deceit means idle. It means slothful, laziness. The psalmist said, I, I, I'm not going to have laziness in my house. That's what he was saying. And parents, can I just encourage you tonight, do yourself a favor while your kids are young and teach them how to work. Amen. Teach them how to work. Boy, hey, mamas, let your boys get their, let them get dirt under their fingernails. Amen. Let them get dirty. Let them get greasy. Teach your kids how to work. Teach your girls how to wash dishes. It's a shame we got 17, 18 year olds don't even know how to run a cycle in the washing machine. I mean, they think, if, they think that if there's no such thing as a dishwasher that you just have to let the dishes just stack up in the sink. And they make dish rags. And I, I know sometimes kids don't know that. I, I'm just saying that, you know what? Teach your kids to work did you know the Bible says in Lamentations 3 and verse number 27, it is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Learn to work when you're young. There's nothing worse than a lazy scoundrel. And the psalmist said, you know what? I'm not going to have laziness in my home. I wrote this down. We're done. To be a good citizen... It's necessary to live a reputable public life to be a good citizen. But to be a good Christian, it's necessary to live a reputable private life. And so how are you living when you leave here? How are you living at home? And uh, the psalmist said, you know what? I'm going to behave myself wisely. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Father, thank you so much for this time we've had together tonight. I pray we've learned a little something this evening. 
something that's going to help our church down the road, something that'll strengthen our church down the road. And Father, I, I pray that we'll love everybody, but I pray that we'll be very wary of, of folks that try to cause dissension and division, and then they try to act like they're holy. God, I pray that we'll be very careful about what we allow in our homes, maybe through television, maybe by way of our, the music that we're listening to, maybe by the internet sites that we're visiting, maybe by what our children are looking at on their iPads. God, I pray that you'd help us to be very, very careful that we set no wicked thing before our eyes. God, help us to walk within our house, in the privacy of our house. Help us to be good Christians. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation tonight. Lord, if there may be one here this evening that needs to be saved, I pray that you'll save them. And I pray that you'll just encourage us in the Lord tonight. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand tonight. Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. The pianist will play. And if you need to come tonight, the altar's wide open this evening. Maybe God dealt with your heart about something personally tonight. You know what? Maybe somebody needs to go home tonight and sort of do a cleaning out. Maybe we ought to go home and clean out some DVDs or maybe tonight we ought to go home and clean out some music CDs or clean up our iPad or our iPod or wherever you've got your music at. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. We'll pause just for a moment. Folks are coming. And if you need help tonight, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. And you come tonight while we wait, and we're going to let you go here in just a moment. If God's dealt with your heart, you come tonight.